at some point in our lives, many of us have found that one person who we feel the ultimate connection to. We are so connected to this person that we decide we must join our lives together and continue this journey called life. Some couples choose to grow their cute twosome into a family with children. One person may work while the other stays home. Or one may be extremely driven in their career and aspire for the top, while the other chooses a career less demanding. But what happens when you both want to maintain your ambition and pursue demanding careers? What is the secret formula to finding the balance so everyone gets what they want and no one feels unfulfilled? My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. I do, you do, we do. My next guest, Travis and Dr. Atina Young, are striving for more by achieving their high-stakes career goals as a married couple. Travis is a former high school principal who now works in a high-profile position in a school district in Texas. He also just started a doctoral program. Atina recently finished her doctorate a little over a year ago and was an elementary school principal who now works as an educational consultant. They have been married for 17 years and have two children. In this episode, Travis and Atina will share their experiences as a couple who have encountered conflicting schedules, work stress, and the ups and downs of life in general. Hi, Atina and Travis. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on my show. How are you guys doing? Hello, we are doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, good, good, awesome. Okay, so you know as a couple I have to ask you this because this is the number one question that all people want to ask a couple is how did they, how did you guys meet? So, Atina. Can you please share your version of how you guys met? Sure. I like to think that my version of how we met is the most accurate representation. Um, But I met (laughs) Travis my senior year in high school. Um, My dad's a pastor, and I was looking for a suit for my dad, and we went to a store at a local mall. And Travis was in there trying on, you know, those tight shirts that guys used to wear back in the late 90s, (laughs) muffled shirts. (laughs) And so – I asked him to try the suit on, and then he asked me for my number. And so then fast forward some months, I actually uh, text, well, beeped him with a beeper because he had a beeper. 
So I beeped him and just said, you know, give me a call, you know, put my message. And I thought that I was talking to him, but turns out I was actually talking to his cousin because they shared a beeper. Like, who shares a beeper? But anywho, I digress. So um, when I went to uh, college, then we uh, met the first day of school. He said, hey, do you remember me? And then we just kind of started talking on the phone. And um, I like to say that he pursued me, but he likes to say otherwise. The rest is history. (laughs) Okay, awesome story. Now, Travis, I have to get your version. Not that Atina's version was not accurate, but, you know, we got to let the guys give their spin on what happened. So, Travis, now you share your version. Actually, I'm going to say that I I, I agree with with what she has said, but I would also say uh, I'm just going to add that it was just something special about her when we – first met and, uh, of course, talking to her at college, at at our university. Uh, I remember calling my mom and saying, uh, Mother, uh, I have found someone that is shorter than me uh, because I'm about five foot four, uh, and so she is shorter than me. And so I remember calling my mom and saying, Mom, I found somebody that's shorter than me. She's very charming, very pretty, uh, very intelligent. Uh, I think this is the one. And so... I don't know, it was just something about it. I just knew from the very beginning, not even knowing how far, you know, we were going in a relationship, but I just felt like this could be the one, and thank the Lord, uh, she is the one. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. So awesome. All right, now, <clears throat> Travis, both of you have chosen the field of education. What attracted you in particular, as an African-American man, what attracted you to this field? Uh, thank you. That's a great question. Uh, first, my, my grandmother was a custodian uh, in the same school district that I'm currently in now, a uh, place where I grew up. Uh, and then also my, my mother is the oldest of uh, five children, uh, and her father passed away at an early age. I believe she was maybe seven or eight. And so the, she was the oldest of all of them. And I just remember her talking about how family really helped them out and how poor they were uh, growing up. And she only believed that education was her way out of poverty. And so she was able to do that. And so when we were growing up uh, with my mother and my father, she made us believe that they didn't have any money and we had to work for everything. And so uh in that, it, it touched me that, hey, my mother believed education was the way out, and so here's a chance that in my community where we're about 70% economically disadvantaged that uh, I can make an impact. And uh, one thing I share in the education world is not where our students come from. I'm, I'm an advocate of public school education. We can't control where our students are coming from, but we can make an impact on where they would like to go. And in my opinion, uh, there are three choices. They can go to college, military, or a career opportunity, and it's our job to get them there. So that's my belief, and that's what attracts me, and that's what keeps me going. Wow, wonderful. Athena, what about you? My story is somewhat similar. Um, I always uh, grew up wanting to play school um, at my home. My grandmother was also a, a school custodian um, at this particular time when I was younger at the school that I attended in a small town in Texas. Um, my dad also is a, as an educator, recently retired last year in June after 36 years with the same school district. Um, he started out wow. as a bus driver, worked his way up to custodian, to a head custodian, and being over all the custodians in this, in, a, in this particular district. But I started out wanting to teach 
Then I wanted to be a dancer, and then about my sophomore year in high school, I really got into the medical field, and I thought that I wanted to be an optometrist. So when I went to college, I majored in biology, still kept some of those, those things in uh, my career path. But it was my junior year in college where one of our good friends, um, I was an orientation leader, asked me to teach a class. It was like student orientation for students on campus. It was their first year, and I absolutely loved it. Now, as you know, biology is a very hard track um, collegiate-wise, and I was not about to change all of those hours. So I went ahead and I graduated and then went back and got my alternative certification, and then I began teaching. And what I quickly noticed with teaching, um, not only is it me giving back, but I, I really have found I'm an advocate for those who look like me. I remember um, on my first campus there uh, in our department, well, actually on our campus, I think there were only 1% of us were African-American. And so several of us got together. We started our very first African uh, Black History program on the, on the campus. Um, I became Teacher of the Month that month. We also did a girls' empowerment uh, group, and so it ha it's blossomed. I mean, I go back sometimes, and I get to – see the ceremony, and to think that my partner teacher and I started that in the early 2000s, and here it is, 2020, and it is truly blossomed from that middle school all the way up to now the high school. So it gives me an opportunity to um, really look at, like Travis said, you know, it doesn't matter where, you're come, where you come from but where you're going, and I always strive to make sure that I am that role model for them um, so that they can see that you can do anything that you put your mind to. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, now, Atina, this question is for you. At one point, you were a principal, a doctoral student, a wife, and a mother. How did you manage all of that? Lots of prayer and lots of Starbucks. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> My former <laughs> staff members know. Every time we had something, they would slip a Starbucks card on my desk or send me an email. But um, it was very, very hard. Um, it, it didn't come easy. But I'm the type of person that if um, I write something down, I, I every in the beginning of each new year, I actually, this is a tradition our family just started, we do a vision board. This was before vision boards were even popular. And so I would write them down. Here's what I want to accomplish this year. And then at the end of the year, I would go back and reflect. Oh, my God, you know, I did this, 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 and this. And I may not have completed everything. And so that was one of my goals was to be a, a doctor. Remember earlier I said I thought I was going to be an optometrist. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, it was a lot of family support. There were a family members who offered who came out of the woodwork. Uh, my husband, I will tell you, was absolutely amazing. Um, and I think that it came at a pivotal time because when Travis transitioned from the high school principal to central office, I went full, you know, into the principal role, and it gave us an opportunity to kind of offset some of those responsibilities. So instead of me taking the children to school every day, he did an awesome job of making sure they were at school. Now, I still had to pick out clothes and stuff. Um, and get them set up and, you know, get alerts on my phone and computer, but I think it allowed us as a system. So I would, we have a calendar, and we truly lived by that calendar. Um, and so I will tell you it was kind of disheartening because you had some people who would say, you know, you don't come around anymore, and um, you seem to choose this over that. 
but not knowing that when you're in the trenches as a doctoral student, you truly have to pick and choose what it is you can go to based on the assignments that you're given. And so those that were the support system, I, I, I truly thank them. They know who they are. And so they really, really stepped up to the plate without the judgment to make sure that this lifelong dream um, was accomplished, but also allowing me to still maintain my professional and personal life. Wow. So we know that in order to succeed as a couple, one of the strategies people say is that, you know, the marriage really has to be an ebb and flow for each of the partners at, a, at different times. So now, Travis, I know you just started your doctoral program, and Athena has completed hers first. So was that by design, or did you decide to obtain this degree later? Like, how did y'all work that out on, you know, who goes first, or, you know, how did y'all determine that? Well, I would actually say it's a communication thing from the very beginning. Uh, I worked on my master's back in the early 2000s, and I fell off as a teacher coach and, of course, uh, knew I had a son on the way. We were expecting our first child and said, completed my master's, and at that time moved into administration from the teacher coach world. Uh, and so at that time, Tina, uh, my wife, also went and got her master's. And so we have sort of found that balance and just uh, with communication. And so uh, this was by design. Uh, we had talked and uh, sometimes as the head of the household, sometimes a lot of times things may, uh, I would be first. And so we, we've discussed and uh, she was uh, definitely motivated to become a doctor. And I had a few years back, I worked on my superintendent certification. And so we have sort of worked that out and had some great discussions. Uh, now, uh, sometimes the discussions could be challenging, but as a husband and wife, we have worked it out. And so, yes, this was by design. Uh, and so I'm excited for my wife, uh, definitely proud of her as Dr. Young. And, and so now the only thing left is for me to complete my doctorate. And uh, I think we're through with schooling. And before you know it, uh, our kids will be in school. <laughs> yes, communication is key. And I commend you guys and applaud you guys for making sure that you keep communication at the forefront of your relationship. Now, I know that you mentioned before, um, Dr. Young, that you guys used a calendar and you tried to implement, you were implementing a system. And of course, we know that everything each person has in the household is in, is in what they are doing is important. So one is not, you know, more important than the other. And it's not always to plan your work schedule around your home schedule or plan your family schedule around your work schedule. Uh, and with having, you know, high-profile jobs, being leaders of a school or educational institution, you know, sometimes things are non-negotiable. So how did you guys manage all the schedules from the, your kids' schedules to your schedules? How do you guys manage all of that? So just as I mentioned earlier, we, we have a calendar. We, I, I'm starting to move the family towards um, an electronic calendar because now all of the, everyone has devices. Um, but what we do is in our kitchen, we have a calendar, and I redo it every month. Everybody has their own color code. And so um, I try to look out as the calendar as far because our son is into um, uh, agriculture. He shows animals. He's also into basketball. Our daughter is in competition dance, and then you have us, and we're, you know, both active in our, our roles professionally, but we also are active in other civic organizations and our respective sororities and fraternities. So everybody has a, a color on the calendar, 
And so I try my best to make sure that everyone is where they're supposed to be. And then I now send an electronic confirmation so that no one says, well, I didn't know. But on top of that, I Travis and I communicate. Okay, if, if the younger one has something going on, well, let me take her at this time, and then, you know, you'll take her the next time so that we can balance out our schedules. And like I said, sometimes it's not easy. Um, as a mom, I will tell you, as a, as a female principal, um, it, I had a lot of mommy guilt, a lot of mommy guilt. And I had to uh, have conversations with my mentors and others that are in the same position, and, and they were like, it's okay. And, and, and it's okay to let your husband delegate because I always felt like, yeah, he'll get her, get them there, but what if they're missing A, B, and C, you know? And so I truly had to uh, really um, live out the character of being truly trustworthy with my spouse and trustworthy with my children to know that they were going to do what they needed to do to get where they needed to go. Um, and it just, you know, kind of, it, it, took, it was a little rocky at first, but it makes us a better a, a better family unit. Yes, yes. Well, I'm glad that you all found a system that works for your family and that as you go along and you'll find other ways to, you know, improve that system because as, as leaders, you understand process improvement. If it doesn't work, then, you know, you either make systematic changes or systemic changes. Okay. So, Travis, you are yeah. the husband, of course. And yeah. traditionally, as you mentioned it before, the husband is the head of the household. He provides the direction. And so when someone uses terms like breadwinner or provider, what do those terms mean to you? How do they resonate with you? Well, I would definitely say from the traditional uh, marriage, family, uh, breadwinner, provider, I think over years it, it's been a shift uh, as the head of the household here I do take on the bulk of the the uh, bills or, or things that we have to take care of, but I also feel like that there's also a communication uh, between Athena and I. Uh, we look at our what we have to take care of. We look at what we need to save. Uh, she does a great job of keeping me in line when it comes to budget because I do <laughs> do like to spend. But when it comes to breadwinning provider, again, I, I do believe in taking care of everything, and I do believe in trying to take the bulk of everything on, but it's also a balance because uh, we're, again, looking at our kids, thinking down the road, hey, they're going to be at a college or university uh, in the near future. Uh, we also want to make sure one day when we retire, we're able to do that successfully. And so uh, it, it's a balance. Uh, again, I think uh, back in the late 90s or going to the 80s, those days, you know, the, the husband paid everything. I think this day and age, uh, you see a more balance. Or, you know, normally the husband is still the breadwinner, uh, but there's also a, a balance there. And I think that's through communication and to each household, uh, they work those things out. But I think my wife and I, we do a great job of communicating when it comes to that. Uh, but definitely, I will always provide for my family and be supportive of my wife and the kids. Well, Wonderful. I just want to say Thank I appreciate that from you because he is so he is telling the truth. I am the most frugal person you will probably meet. <laughs> <laughs> I actually count how much we're going to spend at the grocery store and make sure we do not go over that amount. So I truly appreciate him for acknowledging that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So you guys are parents, which we know, you know, there are lots of duties, and then you're, you're – parents of two children, a son and a daughter, 
and then you are active in your community as leaders, and then, of course, you are in leadership roles in your job. So, of course, the two of you together is the glue that holds everything together. So how do you make sure that you find time for each other to keep the relationship solid? Gina, would you like to go first? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that would be fine. Um, I, you know, this is an area that over since COVID-19, we have really sat down and we've had to talk about because COVID-19 happened so fast. And while we thought that we had a system because of so much that has gone on in our roles as educators, we, 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 took our, we, we gave ourselves a back seat. Um, but prior to that, um, we still date each other. I love our date night. Um, and so, our, our, like, our son is in middle school, so he always ha- he has a, a better social life than we do. It's the young one we have to find care for. <laughs> so um, we also um, have a group of married couples that, um, and we learned this early on when we were getting married, to surround yourself with a married couple um, that have been in the work that you can confide in and that you have a healthy example of. And so that's another way where we keep ourselves solid. We have some that are our age, some that have been married for 20-plus years. Um, and so we, we, we try our best to find time for us, even if it's before we go to bed, you know, a quick moment on the sofa or, you know, lately it's been we, we, sit, we watch Netflix <laughs> or watching TV. So. Uh, and I will I would add to that uh, truly, uh, and I think I heard a Tina state it, uh, before we even got married, we went through marriage counseling. And one thing I picked up through the biblical sense of it is really understanding your uh, spouse's love language. Uh, and so it's a good thing uh, if you have different love languages, but really understanding uh, that person's love language. Uh, we joke with each other, uh, communicate with one another. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, we've been married for 17 years. Uh, there have been a lot of great moments, and then there's also times, you know, where we've, you know, sort of need to work on things. And so we've always come back to communication. I still have my uh, consumable workbook that we had from our marriage counseling, and sometimes I'll open it up, and, you know, we, we wrote in those books uh, things. There were certain questions through the marriage counseling that we went through, uh, and so sometimes I would read that, and it just refreshes my memory on things. And then I try to be spontaneous. I'll leave a note uh, on her on her uh, windshield wiper, I mean on the windshield saying, hey, I just want you to know I love you. I'll send a text message. And so just to let her know I'm thinking about her. Uh, and then sometimes we get so busy, sometimes I, I may not do it like I, I want to. And so I always make a note to myself, hey, I need to make sure she knows that I'm thinking about her and I love her. And so my love is still strong as it was on day one, uh, but I would say it's even stronger now. That's wonderful to hear. You know, I wish you guys, you know, many, many blessings to to continue to cover your union and your family. You guys are doing great things. I heard lots of um, buzzwords like communication and support uh, and you know, just really being there for each other. So that's amazing. All right, so I have one last question. Now, all of my guests, I like to ask them uh, a question uh, at the end of the interview. It has nothing to do with the topic that we've been talking about. 
So the question that I have for you guys is who are your top five musicians of all time? And, Athena, you can go first. For me, this is easy. I am an eclectic listener. Uh, my favorite artist is Prince. I attended, uh, I've watched Purple Rain the three times. The first time it came to the movie theaters when I was four, I cried when we left. I attended a concert, and I have been a Prince fan since then. My second one would be Whitney Houston. I tend to think that I sound like her when I'm in the car or at the shower, but my family and my friends tend to beg a little different. But I love Whitney. Um, followed by my favorite guy group would be uh, New Edition. Absolutely a big fan of New Edition. Um, I also like uh, country and rock, so um, I want to include those. But Garth Brooks would be my number one country artist that I listen to. I can listen to Garth Brooks on any given day. And um, for me, hard metal would have to be Guns N' Roses. So those would be my top five. Nice. I like that top five. And, Travis, what about you? All right. And mine is uh, all around as well, too. Uh, my top five, I, uh, I have Jodeci. I'm a big-time Jodeci fan. Uh, also, I know you mentioned that we're here in Texas, and so uh, when it comes to Zydeco, uh, I'm a huge Zydeco fan, but uh, Brian Jack uh, would be at the top of my list. We grew up together. Uh, also, uh, Tupac, definitely, <laughs> when it comes to the rap world. Tupac's one of my favorites. Uh, and then I also have to go to the Christian side here. And so Kirk Franklin, I've, I've been listening to Kirk Franklin since the early 90s, and so we continue to listen. Uh, and then also I had to finish off with R&B one more time, and I'm going to go with Keith Sweat. Those are my five. Wow. <laughs> y'all have got an awesome list there. There are a couple of artists that y'all mentioned that are probably in my top five as well. Well, uh, Dr. Young and Dr. Young, because I'm going to go ahead and speak it to it into an existence uh, that y'all are Dr. Young. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the both of you. Athena, can you do me a favor, and can you please take the time out to let everyone know how they can access your blog or follow you on Instagram? Sure, absolutely. Um, we are currently on Instagram. Um, we're also we have our own Facebook group and Twitter. We um, our website should be finished by uh, the end of June. We're really excited about that. But the address on Instagram is at the Connecting Principle. Um, the same group on Facebook, the Connecting Principle, and then on Twitter at TCP the number two. Right. Anybody, um, additionally, anyone can also reach out to me with any of the consulting services that we do. Currently, we're, work, uh, we're doing a lot of virtual interviews and resume writing due to the pandemic, and so I do mock interviews there, but it's at uh, the Connecting Principle, uh, principle with an A-L, at gmail.com. Awesome. Any last words of encouragement for married couples who are trying to manage it all? Uh, one thing I would just share is definitely uh, communication is the key. Uh, and I think, as Tina said earlier, just make sure you surround yourself with positive married couples that are also, you know, they've been there, and you may want to find some that have, you know, been married a little longer than you and so that you can have someone to visit with that can help give you guidance. And so, uh, and also keep the faith. Uh, I'm a believer in Christ. Uh, they prayed up to the Lord, and he'll see you through it. 
I have Wonderful. to say ditto because actually some of the ones I was actually going to say, but if I could um, add some things, um, choose what works best for you because what works for someone else may not work for you. Um, continue to date each other and laugh with each other. Travis truly is the com- comedian of the group. I'm more serious, and I think that kind of balances <laughs> each one of us out. Um, don't try to change anyone, so be accepting of your spouse. And, um, you know, continue to love on each other. Take each day as it comes. Yes. Okay. Well, guys, our time is up. I've enjoyed you so much. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show again. I really appreciate you. I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance in your life. Take care. Thank Thank you so much for having me. While the youngs have chosen a strategy or system that works for them, it is just a model or an example. Perhaps it will work for you and your spouse. Maybe it will not. When you choose to spend your life with someone, it does not have to mean your life as an individual ceases or stops. Speak up and make sure your desires and goals are heard. Work together on a plan on how each of you can achieve and accomplish your goals. Respect each other and love each other. Be patient and kind. Collaborating and cooperating will provide your children and others a nice blueprint to follow. Do you like this podcast? Be sure to tell a friend or family member about Strive for More. The way you support me is through downloads, likes, and shares. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, strive underscore the number four dot more. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.